So hello, everybody. Um, many of you, if not all of you, know uh, who I am. My name is uh, Jamit, but I go by Jay. So you can call me Jay or Jamit, whichever one. I pretty much answer to anything, even if it's hey you. Um, so uh, <coughs> I can share with you my life story, but um, that's for another time. There is something that many people don't know about me, though. And that is that I am a professional ice cream scooper. <laughs> scooper. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I think I said that right. <laughs> so yeah, my first job ever, uh, I was uh, 14 or 15. I don't think anybody's here except Paul is 15, right? Okay. So um, we were, I was about 15 years old, and that was my first job. I remember going there, and so you, a person would walk up to, um, the the counter and say I would want a cookies and cream ice cream I was like absolutely I would lift up the lid uh, and then get the scooper and turn you got to turn you got to grab it like this like a tennis or a golf and you got to turn it and the key is that the ice cream has to go like this and the key is you got to get a lot of air in there so then that way it looks like you have a lot but you really don't. <laughs> so no lie, that's, what, uh, that's how I was trained um, to, to do. And so at times I would just pack it in there. And other times I wouldn't. But I remember that was my first job ever. And I remember getting that paycheck. And I had, you know, you remember when you were 14? No bills, no nothing. You get that, man. I don't know. I had no idea what I was going to do with that money. I think I ended up eating it, not eating the money, but spending it on more ice cream or on cookies or, or whatever. And I remember, um, yeah, that was my, my, my first job. I had a lot of good experiences there at that job. I also remember uh, my, my big boy job, my first time that I got a big boy job. And it was for the Department of Defense. I was um, working for the Air Force. It was through the program, Stay in School program. And so they would pay me really good money to, to go work there as long as I went to school. So, psh, great. I would maximize my school and maximize my work. Working 12 hours, I mean, working 36 hours, going to full-time school, 12 hours in, in to, to classes. So, man, I was like, oh, I got this rhythm down. I remember getting that first paycheck. And, man, I didn't know. Actually, I, I didn't know what I was going to do with all of that money, but I knew there was one thing that I was really, 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 really excited to do I was attending a church on the east side of town, and I literally could not wait to go share this, the portion of my check uh, with this church. Um, and I, I still remember that. Uh, I remember, yeah. So, um, and obviously, it, it's, that's never really gone away. Today, like, uh, we get a call from our CPA, and we're like, okay, are we going to get anything back this year, or are we going to have to pay this year? I really don't know. Me and numbers don't match, but Erica is the one that handles that. So in the, mind, in, my, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, if we get money, what am I going to do with it? If we pay, where am I going to find it? Uh, but I think that's a question that I think many of us don't ask, have asked at one point, and or should ask ourselves, what should we do with the money and possessions that we have? So if you, if, if you have asked that question, and you continue to keep asking that question, you're going to find the citizen's treasure really, really, really relevant. 
Um, if you haven't, I hope that you find the citizen's treasure really relevant. And uh, if you have asked and haven't asked, I hope that you will continue to find, uh, that you will still find the citizen's treasure um, relevant. So if you, find, if you have, have your Bibles, your iPads, your phones, uh, Androids don't work. Um, so whatever you have, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. And as a backdrop to that, um, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be focusing on 19 to 24. The context of it, uh, again, a kingdom, the kingdom, the king's speech, the kingdom. The kingdom is a realm in which the will and the power of a king are expressed. So think about it. The, the, the will and the power of the king are expressed in this kingdom. You've got to think of the medieval times that you saw, uh, uh, the movies where you saw the medieval times played out when there was a kingdom. The will and the power of the king are expressed. In the kingdom of God, since Jesus is God, this includes Jesus as the main influence and control of his kingdom. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, the citizens of the kingdom have a responsibility to work with the king to make it easier for others to experience the kingdom. So the followers of Christ have a responsibility to work with God to help others experience God within his kingdom. And so the Sermon on the Mount um, is the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew's account of, of Jesus, of his teachings to his disciples and his followers. And so this teachings um, Describe the attitude and behavior that Jesus wants his, his, his citizens to follow in his kingdom. So we have, th- there's a kingdom of God and there's our citizens in, within that kingdom. The kingdom citizens should follow the will of Jesus, the will of God. And so in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, the largest discourse, the largest time, the largest um, preaching or teaching, the largest teaching that Jesus did is found in Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. And so if you go to the first slide um, to give you a context of where it was, uh, there it is. That's the Mount of Galilee where it's between Capernaum and the other one. That's where they think the Sermon on the Mount was. So if, if you remember this, it would just, I mean, Wes covered this like what, last year? No, how long have we been on, on Sermon on the Mount? <laughs> Two months ago, so yeah, so the, con- the historical context was given about two months ago, but there's a Sea of Galilee, and so there's the, um, on the top left, that's the, that's the sea, and so that's where it was, um, that's where he taught. And so picture a lot of people, and the sea behind me, and Jesus kind of talking, and the waves, and the ocean, and the wind just carrying his voice out so that it could be heard. And so he's there, he's teaching. In chapter 5, you see Jesus teaching about the morality it's like, oh, the morality, the morality of a person within the kingdom, this is it. The morality, the attitudes of a kingdom citizen. They're found in chapter 5, and it's so crazy how the standard is so high, so high, it can't be met. It can't. With, apart from Jesus Christ, chapter 5 cannot be met alone and by itself. And so that's why we need the king. In chapter 6, he's expanding on that, on that morality, and he's actually trying to create a culture. He's trying to create a, the culture of God's kingdom is found in chapter 6. You talk about, um, last week, Wes talked about uh, prayer, 
Fa- well, fast at West, right? You talk about f- prayer and fasting. The week before that, uh, was it, um, who spoke the week before that? Was Kevin? Ross? You did? Last week was prayer. The week before that was giving fasting. Okay, and that was you too as well? Okay, all right. <coughs> so I got my uh, preachers mixed up. <coughs> but, um, okay, yeah, so chapter, in chapter 7, he's giving a kingdom. The, he, I'm sorry, he's giving the culture. A culture is the way that people behave and they think. So the way that people should behave and the way that people should think is found in chapter 7. And it takes you all the way down to um, chapter, uh, verse 19, chapter 6, 19. So he's talking about the actions and behaviors of a person who lives in the kingdom of God. And so today would be, what are the actions and behaviors of a follower of Christ? What are the actions and behaviors of a follower of Christ? And particularly, what should we do with our money and possessions? What should we do with our money and possessions? So here's a quick question. One minute, take one minute and get in groups of two or three and answer this question. So the faster you get there, uh, the faster you'll be able to answer it. If you don't answer it, just take, if you don't want to answer it, just take your time. But uh, one minute question. Is storing treasures bad or evil? Go. All right, is storing treasures bad or evil? Um, Pop quiz. All right. If uh, you said good or, yeah, if you said bad or evil or good or bad, what, 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 is, what did y'all say? <laughs> Sorry, I did say bad or evil. <laughs> bad, okay. Yeah, okay, let's, all right, one more minute. Is it ba- good or evil or, or, yeah, good or evil or good or bad? Yeah, so, uh, sorry, I'm, I totally messed up. So it was like, oh, it's the good one and there's a bad one. Is storing treasures bad or is it good? Okay, bad and evil. Yeah, there you go. I think let's just make it into a big discussion. Okay, bad or evil. What, 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 what did you mean? That's good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else want to share? Emily, tell me. Okay, all right, all right. I'll take it, I'll take it, all right. <coughs> so let's read, let's read uh, chapter, uh, s- chapter 6, verse 19. Do not lay up treasures for yourselves. No, do not lay up for yourselves treasure. But it goes on to say, on earth, where moths rust, where moths and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up treasures for your for yourselves. But lay up for yourselves treasures where, where neither moths nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. So remember the historical context. This place right there, at the time that this was written did not have dryers. They didn't have like uh, GE dryers that they can put the clothes in there and cover it up, right? So all their clothes had to be hung, washed by hands and hung. And so you see there the moths will eat them. In ancient times, clothing was a sign of status. And you said that. Clothing was a sign of status. And at the best, um, the best clothes was made from wool. Go, um, I don't, do I have a clicky thing on here? Does this work? Um, I don't, oh, yeah, I think so. Okay. All right, you can go to the next one. Oh, there it goes. Sweet, thank you. Okay, all right. So th- that person is making wool. It's making clothes. And so you have all those strings like that 
from wool and this thing will go down like that and then she'll bring that and bring it down. It's a long process. So a per people would ask for a lot of money. To, if you, so if you saw somebody dressed up really nice or at least dressed up with wool, that person had money. So it did become a, a place of stature, a place of status. Now remember, the context that he's talking to, the followers of Christ, he's trying to create a culture, a way of thinking and behaving that was so different. Different than who? The, pe- where the place where people would see that righteousness would come from. People thought that righteousness would come from the Pharisees the religious people. And the Pharisees and religious people would dress up with all kinds of crazy good clothing. They would memorize all this, some of the scriptures and they would look at the way, the way that they would look at money was to for self-gain as well. So Jesus is creating a counterculture. He's saying, look, your culture, the culture of the kingdom of Christ, the culture of my kingdom, Jesus said, the culture of my kingdom should look different. At least that's what I'm thinking he would say. Um, the kingdom of God, the, his kingdom should look different. And so when you consider, let's back up a little bit. When you consider the word treasure in Greek, what does the word in Greek say there for the Greek scholars? <laughs> it's, here it goes, tesauros. 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 Sounds a lot like what? Tesaurus, yes, you got it. That's right, yep. So Tesaurus is a collection of words. It's a collection of words. That it's not just one word. It's a collection of words. And so think about it. That's a treasure. The treasure is a collection, a lot of something. So picture the Disney movies when they have like a treasure, a hidden treasure. You don't just open it and see like one coin on there. You <laughs> open it and you see like a whole bunch of golden cups and coins and all that kind of stuff so that is that's a treasure that he's talking about so the treasure another way to think of it is again a chest and so it says don't uh, on there it says don't lay up for yourselves treasures or another way to look at it some other translations say don't hoard don't keep for only yourself don't hoard treasures. Another way to, uh, that it would be, do not hoard up or do not store up. Or some other people would say, it's like, don't treasure, tre- don't treasure treasures. Don't treasure treasures for yourself on earth. Don't treasure treasures for yourself on earth. And so why? This because on earth, they're going to get eaten by moths. Notice also that there was water there. <coughs> if... Uh, do I need to point this somewhere? Oh, there it goes. There's water there and the rain and all of that. So that's where the rust will destroy them. The possessions that people would have would rust. And so uh, I know that I checked. To st- I, Ted, do you know if, this, if there was a lot of uh, salt there in the Sea of Galilee? Or Paul? No, no salt, right? It's fresh, uh, fresh water. Okay. Um, so uh, in Puerto Rico, there... Oh, okay. There you go. All right. Well, sweet. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> so, and in Puerto Rico, there was you see cars, and there's like um, rust, and the parts where the where the water or the moisture would get in. That's mainly because of the island. Uh, we live in an island. That's mainly because of the sea salt. Um, but the Sea of Galilee doesn't have much 
see there. But of course, if you lay something outside or whatever, it's going to get exposed to all the elements and whatnot. It's going to get rusted or rusty. And so also the houses were made out of mud or mud-ish type stuff. And so literally, if I want to break into Dave's house, I would take this water in here and I would throw it on the wall and then just kind of wait for it to just turn into mud and just kind of dig. And uh, if not, what I would do is I would literally dig under the house and go into the house and steal from him. So um, again, they didn't have ADT back then. They didn't have any uh, sophisticated uh, security that we have now. Um, that is why that verse in Matthew 13:44, I think it is, where it says the, tre- the, the, the guy was walking through a field and he, s- he came upon a treasure in the field. Remember that? So people back then, to hide their treasures, what they would do is they would literally dig a hole on the field, hide their treasures, and then cover it up so that moth won't steal it, they won't get rust on it, but people will still steal them. And, or maybe, I'm thinking they probably maybe forget um, of it, uh, for it. But it's still, they're storing it for themselves. They're, sto- they're storing it for themselves. And so the issue is not um, working to provide or to have. That's not what the passage uh, is saying. The issue is not to provide, to work so that you can provide or, th- or that you would have. Because if it was, then the Ten Commandments would not be there where it says, thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not covet. Those two, thi- those two commandments would have to be taken out because those two assume that somebody owns something. Does that make sense? So the issue is not to work so that you can provide or that you can have something. Um, the issue is where. The issue is where. The issue is where one places their treasures indicates where the heart is. Does that make sense? Where, one's pre- where one places their treasure indicates where the heart is. And Jesus is not saying that if we put our treasures in the right place, our heart will be in the right place. He's not saying that either. But that the location of our treasure indicates where our heart is already. Does that make sense? Sometimes, sometimes when I read something, I ask the reverse to see if it makes sense. It's like, oh, no, that's not true. Uh, where, where, where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. So therefore, where if, I want my tre- if I want my heart to be with Erica, uh, I'm going to give her lots of money. <laughs> so yeah it's it's a heart my heart follows my heart leads and remember you've got to tie it back to context chapter five the motives and the attitudes the motives and the attitudes that jesus wants us to have and then chapter six is saying the actions the actions follow the motives and the attitudes so chapter six is the culture the way that we behave the way that we think should follow our heart and so um you know, I, I must admit, halfway through this, I got really lazy. I got so lazy that I did not cover fully um, chapters 22, um, chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. I did write some things down. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to help me put this together. So get into groups and um, look at verses 22 and 23. And uh, when you get there, reread the verses. When you see I... I, like not the, like the I, put heart. And then where you see lamp, 
put lenses. Something like that. So where you see, where you see I put heart, where you see uh, lamp put lenses, and where you see clear, where you see clear, put healthy, generous, or focus. Okay, uh, get into groups and discuss it. Give you um, five minutes. Uh, yes, uh, I is heart, where you see lamp, put lenses, and where you see clear, put healthy, generous, or focus. All right, guys. So <coughs> I want to learn from you. So um, as you reread those verses, and where you saw the eye, you put the heart. Where you saw the lamp, you put the lenses. And where you saw clear, you put generous or focus or healthy. Or where you saw healthy, you put focus or generous and whatnot. So um, now how would, you, how would you explain those or, or those two verses? Um, we'd love to hear from, there was eight groups. We'd love to hear from four. You guys are all, you guys are all right on, man. And I struggled with it. It's, it's almost like if verse 22 and 23 is saying the same thing as 19, and 20, 19, 20, and 21. Uh, where 19, 20, and 21 is placing the location of going out external. And then verses uh, 22 and 23 is more like internal, self-application type deal. Um, so the way we see, what I got out of it was the way that we see and use money reflects our hearts. And mainly, I focused on focus. I focused on focus. So uh, there's something with, um, with sports, right? So if you want to uh, throw the ball, you got to visualize it. You got to throw it. If you're going to hit the ball, you got to watch the, the, the bat hit the ball, make eye contact. If you're driving, you know, you're driving this way and you're looking that way, where are you going to go? Straight? Now you're going to go to whatever you're looking at, right? So here's an example, uh, and Erica provided this example, of what happens whenever you lose sight of where you should be looking at. How do I hit play on this? I did. Watch your eyes. Okay, you saw how she was, they told her, look at the top. When you do that exercise, look at the top. And you saw at the very end, her exercise goes, and it should, the, the weight just drops. Just drops. So whatever you're focusing on, oh, yeah. So are you doing the open? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I can share scores afterwards. Uh, <laughs> but on there, it's, we need to have one treasure, our treasures in heaven. We need to have a single vision or a single focus, a generous focus with the treasures that we have. If we have a focus that's towards the things of God, it's going to be easier for us to see those opportunities within God's kingdom. If we have a generosity towards the places where we, have, where we place our heart, it's going to be easier for us to invest in the kingdom of God. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And we're going to have a healthy view, um, a healthy view in a sense of, of, of um, you know, you, where is your heart? Where is your heart? Are, are you... We could do certain things on the outside, but really we're not fooling anybody. Because it's not where we, again, the verses, the, the verses before that, it's not where your treasure is, there your heart is, will, will be also, kind of. But it's not like the reverse isn't true. If you want your heart to be 
with something, place it there, and then your emotions will follow, is where your heart, is, it kind of already shows what you're investing your life in, what you're doing with your money and your possessions already, shows where your heart is. And it shows also uh, how you see certain things as well. And so uh, what we do with our money and possessions shows our ambitions, and it also shows what we live for. It shows our ambitions and also shows what we live for. So the questions we need to ask ourselves um, are what are we investing our money and our possessions in? Are we storing up in heaven? Are we storing up treasures in heaven? Or are we storing up treasures on earth? When you think about, when you picture your life when you grow up, when you picture your life when you grow up, in that picture, is there more room for God's kingdom? Is there more room for others in that picture? And so, guys, look, it's important that we see this, that the way that we see our money shows our hearts, and where we place our treasure shows where our heart is already at. And so, so a good, another way to good look in the, another way that uh, John MacArthur put it this way, he said, a good spiritual life is a good eye, helps us to see well, so a good heart will enable us to live well. So then, how then should we live? So w- what should we do with our possessions? And what should we do with our money? And so, guys, look, I think that if we're going to make God the boss, it's going to cost. If we're going to make God the boss of our lives, it's going to cost. It's going to cost us where we place our treasure, that we place our treasure on earth, or that we place our treasures on heaven. How do we see? Do we see others as a means to get? Or do we see others as a means to give? And what do we see? Are we seeing things from our selfish perspective only for our gain? Or are we seeing opportunities that we can invest? And so on verse 24, uh, real quick, it just basically says, you need to have one master. The Greek word uh, there is not an employer. It's master. It's kurios. And so it's a master, master of servants. So slaves were completely owned by their masters and had to do whatever the master said. Um, and in Romans chapter 6, verses 19 to 22, it actually said, Paul says that we were once what to sin? We were once enslaved to sin. And no matter what we did, we couldn't get away from that sin. But Christ came and set us free, and we're now set free from sin, and we can now live a life of freedom that comes with living with Christ. And so what's beauty, beautiful about living under the grace of God is that there's tons and tons and tons of do-overs. And so it doesn't mean that where our heart is, oh, it's on the earthly things. There's no reset button. It just takes a willingness to surrender to God and asking God and help. Hey, God, would you help me to live a life that honors you? Would you help me to live for God's kingdom? Will you help me to see things from a perspective? And you could and and please, God, help me by changing my own heart. Help my heart align to the person that you talk about in Matthew 5, and you can read Matthew 5 and Matthew 6 and see the kind of person that God wants you to be. And so, you know, on, ver- on chapter 24, it's kind of like having, almost maybe like having two wives or two husbands. Is that possible? You're going to either love one or hate the other, right? Maybe, I don't know. Um, <laughs> at, least, at least in our context, at least in our context. I was trying to think through it like, how does concubines fit in here? But, um, but uh, anyways, yeah, it's, uh, it's, our, it's our master. Our master is either God or wealth. Our master is either God or wealth. So our treasure is, is um, either heaven or earth. Our spiritual life is either full of light 
are full of darkness and our master is either God or wealth. So to again, guys, the, thing, the main thing I want to leave you guys with is that if you want to make God the boss of your life, if you want God to be the person who directs you, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you in the choices that you make. So leave with this. If you want to make God the boss, it's going to cost. And so, um, you know, I love it. I love it that there's a lot of opportunities that we have and we don't have to live the Christian life alone. And we have brothers and sisters and friendships that, we, that can help us live this wonderful, godly, uh, with this wonderful life as we strive and as we surrender our lives to be godly. There's some opportunities coming up. Um, next week, the budget, right? The budget gets voted on. So next week, um, there's, a, th- th- there's a budget online. Go to alamostone.org. Go on there, click on the budget, and see the ways that Alamo Stone is already giving to certain places. And we would love t- for you, if you're not, if you're not, wanna, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to give, uh, um, whether it's here or somewhere else. But please do start giving to God and to the things of God. It's, that's the only thing that Jesus said, or that God said, test me in this, is the giving aspect. You can never or will never outgive God. And so, um, so I want to encourage you guys to, to come next week, vote on the budget. If you have some thoughts about the budget, you can talk to Wes. Um, and uh, you can start giving or continue to give or increase your giving or decrease your giving and give somewhere else. However, but we want you to please give, give, give to the cause and the things of God because that's, that's really, it's a reflection of your heart. And, and uh, please do receive that with love. I'm not trying to guilt you or manipulate you or, or shame you, but <clears throat> it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us to make God the boss in our lives.